Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Top of the morning to you. Hey, have we got a show for you. Today is the day of all days. Um, We are going to be talking about good manners and being nice. Have you ever had somebody that wasn't very nice? I happen to work with one. Sitting on my left. <laughs> oh, Today we're talking about being nice. Are you a nice person, Sean? I'm very nice. That's not what she said. But don't ask my kids. She said, no, he's very rude. Who's she? Good question. No, you're a very nice guy. <laughs> I hope so. You really are. And um, so yesterday I called in. I was having car trouble. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, I was driving my son's car. Oh, okay. That explains a lot more now. <laughs> His car that we paid $25 for. Uh-huh. And I was taking it to go get tires. And I drove it to get tires and took it to a place. I won't name names. Okay. But we could destroy them. But we won't because we're nice people. And um, so they said, yeah, we could get those tires on. Really inexpensive. Sure. Get. Um, I also said, well, while you're at it, just do a lube or a oil, oil change. Oil change. Yeah. And then I had him do one more thing. And they're like, sure, this won't be a problem at all. It was very inexpensive. Okay. Like almost ha- just half the price of what another place had just said well, they charged Well, that's cool. Me. And that was without an oil change. Well, two and a half hours later, <laughs> um, I'm still sitting there. I had plenty of time to get to my show. Right. And they can't get my car started. So I went in for tires and an oil change, and my car, my son's truck wouldn't start, which is crazy. So what what did it end up being? When they were doing the oil change, they had checked an air filter, and they hadn't sealed like the air vacuum, whatever they call it, back down. And so it was getting basically too much oxygen in the mix. And anyway... So that took about an hour, but they weren't telling me that. Mm-hmm. They were just behind the scenes, like flipping out. I guess, dude, we gotta fix this. We gotta now. fix this. We've never not been able to start a car, <laughs> and I'm just like, so how are we coming? Uh, I really gotta leave. I gotta leave right now. I gotta leave right, right now. Anyway, they couldn't get it fixed, and no. then my show started, mm-hmm. but I wasn't here. So, but it sounded like you were. But here's the deal. It sounded like I was because we just played a repeat, but That's here true. is the deal. Today we're talking about good manners. I was being very nice. Yes. And it was at the very end that I started kind of not being mean, but like, what's the deal? Like, this shouldn't take this long. Well, you get frustrated. I was getting mad. Yeah. And I about went ninja on him. Oh, you pull out the stars and everything? Yeah, no. I was just about to put a black mask on and start kicking people. Oh, uh, okay. But in the end, um, I was still nice, but nice didn't get me anywhere. And then I kind of got a little perturbed, and that got me somewhere. So I'm wondering if we really need to be nice. Except I, then I answered myself last night because last night I took my kids out to ice cream. And guess what Ooh. happened? Well, I well, by the way. But did you take them in the truck? No way. Oh, okay. 
But the truck got started and it was great, and now it runs like a charm. It's amazing when you. Well, because put you know, the I, air I remember when I was little, we used to ride in the back of trucks. Oh yeah, that's because your parents didn't care about you. Right. Yeah. They sure. wanted you to mm-hmm. die, mm-hmm. bounced around. Remember, you could. That's where oh, I you learned. Just, just hop in the back of the yeah. truck. And, yeah. That's where I learned that you don't spit out of a truck <laughs> if people are sitting further back. Yes. In the truck. Mm-hmm. I learned that. But Oops. I learned that the hard way, in a not nice way. Because mm-hmm. people are like, dude, you don't spit. Uh, I'm like, well, that would have been good to know. I'm a, yeah. I'm a rookie. I'm a rookie riding in the back of a truck. You I hadn't just, gone through the science of air currents no, yet. <laughs> hadn't learned that yet. You'd think it'd be obvious, but no. no. Not if you haven't been back there. So I had a client. Um, that I, I work with clients. And this one client, it was her last session. We were done. She was so happy. Cool. Life was great. She handed me. $50 and started on top of what she already pays me, which is tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. Because I don't know if you know this, but I'm a pretty big deal. Um, I'm but, kind of a big deal. Yeah, pretty much like that. So um, she ended up handing me another $50. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, she started crying. And she said, you've done so much for my family. I want you to take this money and, I, and go do go something for cream? your family. Okay. And I'm like, well, I, my son does need tires <laughs> is what I thought. But she said, no, I want you to go take your family out to like ice cream. So we went out to ice cream at 9 o'clock at night. Tons of fun. Great party. Having fun. And there was the cutest, neatest – I don't know what words we use, but I'm, they're all very sappy. Wonderful person behind the, the cash register at the ice cream store. Mm-hmm. And she – we were buying shakes, like six shakes, seven shakes, and she was she had a story for each shake. You're kidding? No. Wow. And she loved it, like where they came up with the flavor or well, something. Kind of or like, or no, more a story revolving around her life. Oh, I and how she's had that shake, and she had that shake one time here, and this happened. And so she's a sharer. She's a sharer, uh-huh. and in a way, she was almost kind of upselling us. Like, okay. so you really ought to try that because I did that, and it worked great. Anyway, it was a long ordering process. <laughs> so I was kind of getting tired of but that. But she's nice about it. But she it. was so nice. Yeah. See, that's the difference. She was being so nice. These other people at the car store were being kind of like jerks and quiet, and mm-hmm. I'd hear them all talk about how unhappy they were. But she was being nice. And anyway, um, she was wonderful, wonderful, nice. And then um, at the end, we were eating our ice cream, and her boss comes up and says, how are things going? Did you have a did you did you like your shakes? Yeah. And we're like we loved them. Manager checking in. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to talk up this girl and just say, you got to know that that girl was the best uh I don't know, I call server, it, clerk, yeah. upseller. She didn't she was incredible. She made us all understand what we were ordering. She was wonderful and this guy's like, "Really? Wow, that is so great. That is so great." Didn't think anything of it. And then 5 minutes later she comes over and just says, "Thanks." Cool. That I needed that. Not weird. Yeah. A client gives me something nice. I give someone else something nice and she gets to ride her bike home and she's happy. Is this called pay it forward? This is called – actually, I just called it ice cream night. With the okay. Thousands. That's fine. But if you want to call it pay it forward, <laughs> you can do that. But see, nice is contagious and ornery also contagious. So today – I would agree. Let's, today, let's do the show on nice. Okay. Good manners. People don't have them. True. People don't have them. Uh, should someone, you know, clip their nails in a tire waiting room when you're trying to get your tires on your car? Should on, they be clipping their nails? Or on an airplane. Oh, on an airplane. But you know what I like to do on an airplane? Put your feet up on the seat in front of you? I like of you? to take my shoes off 
and rub my feet. Yeah. I keep my socks on. Rub my feet. Well, you're because, fortunate that And way. I just rub them and I rub them. And you know what's amazing? The minute you do that, no one talks to you. Yeah. It's and quiet they don't time. shake your hand anymore no, either. It's quiet time. Now, I'm going to bet our, our guest today is going to say we ought not do that. I'm, I'm betting, yeah. Because she's, you know, she knows what good manners are all about. Sure. But it doesn't mean, you know, if I don't want to talk to people, one way to do that is take your shoes off. Right? Yeah. There's other ways too. Well, I know sure. I know of a website that you can see a lot of them. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> to like to not have to talk to people. We'll have to tell you that later. That sounds like a good day. We got a great show. I've had a big uh, I've been, I've had a lot I've had a lot of lessons around being nice and good manners. And I'm confused because when I was mean, I got more I got some results. And when I was nice, I got some results. I think you can get them both ways. I know. Unfortunately. But someday, you know, you're going to die and I'm always afraid that my face is going to stick in the way it looked. So if I'm frowning, because <laughs> my mom said that would happen, if I'm a frowner, my face will stick that way. So I'm afraid of that. So I'm going to go with be happy. Okay. So that's what we're going to go with the show, too. That's the topic of today's show. Good manners, being nice. Up next, Lindsay Holmes, an associate editor at Huffington Post, is joining us. She's going to talk to us about one of her articles about good manners and being nice. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. What better way to come back to the Matt Townsend Show than the Beach Boys? Because nothing says manners to me than the Beach Boys. Because wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if we just could sing with the Beach Boys? Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, good memories about the Beach Boys. Uh, that's my first dance. Beach Boys was a, was a big part of that. Here's the deal. Folks, today we're talking about good manners and being nice. And we've brought in the big guns. Lindsay Holmes is joining us. Lindsay is an associate or associate editor for GPS for the Soul at Huffington Post, a graduate of UCF, a happy person, and someday a future golden retriever mom. This is uh, this is our expert today, Lindsay Holmes. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you so much for having me on. What is the deal with the golden retriever? You, uh, if I, if anyone goes to your Twitter page, you are going to see golden retriever. Like itis. <laughs> um, they're the happiest dogs. They are. So obviously that's, you know, the one I want to eventually bring into my life. <laughs> but you don't have one now, right? I don't. No, I live in New York yeah. City, so it's a little bit impossible to have one at the moment. Well, it is. It was just prioritized. But you have so many pictures on your website, it looks as if you have a million of them. <laughs> but not really. Well, <laughs> my friends would probably want me to have a million of them because I talk about it all the time. Do so you? It's in due time, I'm sure. That's so great. I, I really think it's cool. And but, but you're also you're a big you're an you're an editor, associate editor of the GPS for the Soul um, blog. Is that a blog? It's um, a subsection on the Huffington Post Healthy Living page. It's huge, and it really is. I, I love um, I love the work you're doing too because you're very real so you can just see what we can see what you saw on your twitter page on the way to work and that's why i'm wondering if living in new york city 
is maybe impacting your topics because the topic we're talking about today is basic niceness and good manners, and you're convinced it needs to be addressed. It absolutely does. Um, And living in New York really kind of put that at the forefront for me. Um, I grew up in the South. So um, when I decided to move to New York in the first place, people kind of questioned it. Yeah, like, what are you thinking, Lance? (laughs) You can't even have a dog there. I know, I know. Gosh, what was I thinking? (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's regarded as kind of an abrasive city. Yeah, direct Um, people. Yeah, getting what they want. They got, you know, they got to catch the train. Get out of my way. Oh, gosh, that's the worst part. (laughs) Um, but kind of as an aside, I've seen more random acts of kindness in this city than anywhere else. Hmm. And that kind of inspired these posts a little bit, too, because I think there's a common misconception about New York that everyone's kind of mean and into themselves. And that definitely can be true. But it's also a really good example of how, you know, nice people do exist. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's really the more motivating thing here. Everybody can think of a jerk or somebody that, that's hurt them or done something wrong. But two, we need to pay attention to what's going right and, and some of the good manners and things we're seeing. Talk about, um, talk about why you wrote the article about it. Why, what is it about basic niceness, and how, how do you define some of those terms, basic niceness and good manners? So a lot of people kind of see good manners as just, you know, choosing the right utensils at the dinner table. Right. Like that's kind of how I learned it. My grandpa <laughs> is a huge Emily Post fan. Uh-huh. And so um, that's kind of where I started to learn about it. But manners are, you know, in your mannerisms. It's your everyday behaviors. Um, it's treating people with respect and kindness and just kind of how you put yourself out into the world every day, which I think is really important because, you know, everyone, we're in a such a busy culture. Everyone can kind of go, you know, about their own business and we wear busyness as this like badge of honor and it's, you know, it takes time to be nice to others. Right. But I think that, you know, having good manners is taking the time to, you know, be kind to someone, especially when they need it. Yeah. And when they're down or out or what I, what I love about it is it's, um, it's, it's contagious. I was telling some stories before you came on just about, you know, one person saying or doing something nice made it easier for me to be nice, which made it easier for another to be nice. It's just it can be contagious, I guess. <clears throat> so I guess so can the negative if we're not careful. Exactly. And actually stress um, is a big topic uh, that we cover on GPS with a soul and stress is contagious, but also so is happiness and kindness. Studies have shown that kindness makes you happy mm-hmm. and then in return, when you're happy, you're kinder. So it's kind of like this positive circle. So that's how you change the world, huh? One exactly. kindness at a time. And you even talk, too, about politeness. Like, um, just, I guess polite is just being nice appropriately. And right. you talk about how that can become a strength. What do you mean by that? Um, well, have you ever heard the phrase, you catch more flies yeah. with honey than vinegar? That's right. Um, I think that's, you know, pretty evident when it comes to politeness. Um, It's been suggested that people uh, who are more compassionate and in tune with people's emotions perform better at work. So that can, you know, obviously make politeness a strength. And, you know, people tend, at least from my own anecdotal experiences, people tend to respond better when you are treating them with kindness and respect Mm. as opposed to just brushing them off. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
even if even if they want to be brushed off, even if they don't want you to be in their life at all or whatever, it's still responding by kindness. It's it's good for them and you. Right. Exactly. And even if you don't get along with that person or have, you know, your personalities may be different. Obviously, there are so many people in this world that it's, you're not going to get along with everyone. Right. But treating them with respect and kindness is not something, you know, you don't have to love the person to still do that. And I think the world would be a lot better of a place oh. if people, you know. No, absolutely. <laughs> talk about talk about New York. I mean, you are a little UCFS grad. So UC, UCF is uh, Central Florida. So University of Central Florida grad leaves the South, goes up to the big city. Uh, You're probably overwhelmed by some of the (laughs) lack of manners. But then talk about where you've seen some of the politeness and how, you know, it where you have seen people bring on some a better spirit. Well, one, it's so funny because we talk about the subway being, you know, a terrible place where people's anger really comes out. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, there is a huge homeless population in New York and especially, you know, in underground and subway. Yeah. And um, I have seen so many people give up their food, give money um, to people who are just clearly down and out and who really need help. And um, I, it's like that on the streets as well. If, you know, a, there's a tourist in New York, there's so many tourists in New York. <laughs> and um, I've been asked, you know, how to get somewhere. And I've had to ask other people how to get somewhere and they stop and take their time to point out, you know, which direction I'm going in. And it's just simple, you know, mm. polite acts like that, that most people don't talk about when they talk about moving into the big city. Most people don't realize that that's a thing that happens. Yeah, It does. I see it every day. Well, it, that's probably why people keep going to New York because there's enough positivity that right. it, it pays off. Otherwise, I mean, even if you have to go there for business, you wouldn't even have an expectation. I guess that's one of the things about this, too, huh, is if we keep seeing negativity, we keep expecting it, and then nobody has to live up to anything positive. So there's almost right. – there's a benefit to, you know, expecting people to, to step up and rise up. Exactly. And, you know, it, you hit the nail on the head about negativity as, you know, there's the thing about positive reinforcement. Well, there's also a negative reinforcement. So it's just all a matter of which side yeah. you choose to face. Well, and, and that we, affects other people. Yeah, and it seems too with like New York, um, we always think, oh, there's so, so many people, they don't even know their neighbors. But then, <laughs> you know, a big issue, a big thing like 9-11 hit or whatever, and uh, you've never seen a tougher, more communal group of people ever than New Yorkers, right? They, Absolutely. They, they, so there is this – there's this um, – there's this connection that I guess politeness makes for us, but you, you bring out a lot in your writings just about the importance of the connection with other people. Right. Um, good manners and politeness in general, they're the basis of good social interaction. When you meet someone, you're usually, you know, on your best behavior. You don't want to go up to someone and be like, oh, hey, yeah, nice to meet you. Right. Um, you, you connect with them. That's the whole point when you meet someone. Um so, and that's, you know, that's where good manners comes in. That really is the basic of good social interaction. And then also something minor too, but it helps us connect with other people just simply when you're at the dinner table, because a good habit and a good manner to have is to unplug and not use your phone. Sure. And um, that's, you know, 
helping you connect with the person sitting across from you instead of the screen right in front of you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, and oh, think of that. Think of how much those stupid little phones of ours that we love so much keep us from connecting. And even just knowing that there's manners behind it or politeness is, I mean, I guess that's the beginning of understanding that there's boundaries we need to live with other people. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people don't really think of good manners or politeness being related to their phones. It's just, you know, having our phones on us is so natural now. It, we, feel, we feel naked without yeah, them. Right. Um, but I believe it was a 2012 study that I read, and I believe I included it in one of my pieces, that just the mere presence of a phone at a dinner table um, can negatively impact your relationship with the person sitting across from you. Just, yeah. And, so it's just, I mean, it goes to show, like, we are addicted to our phones, but oh. it is good manners to unplug and connect with, you know, the humans around us. That's right. And- <laughs> Even if they're hard to connect with. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> exactly. We're talking with Lindsay Holmes, and Lindsay is uh, an associate editor of GPS for the Soul at the Huffington Post, and she's guiding us through some basic good manners, some skills at being nice. Uh, using some of the latest research and then just some real-life experience straight out of the streets of New York City. We're going to take a break, folks. Come back more with Lindsay on Good Manners up next right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. You'll always attract because you want to do it in a delightful way. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. A little uh, Mary Poppins for you. Julie Andrews, spoonful of sugar. We know that sugar will get you more than vinegar. Come on. We know that. In fact, Lindsay Holmes just told us that. Lindsay Holmes is the associate editor of GPS for the Soul at Huffington Post. She's trying to help us live a healthier, happier life. One way to do that, she's teaching us today, better manners, being nice. We got to do it. Welcome back, Lindsay, to the show. Thank you. Now, just let's get clear. That was not you singing that song. (laughs) No, but I was mouthing the words. Were you? Were you tapping (laughs) your toe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and looking through, I'm sure, a, a dog book, picking <laughs> well, out your future dog. Most likely, yeah. That would be a safe assumption usually. Well, well, see, that means, that, see, that means you're a good person. You care <laughs> about animals. Hey, today we've been talking about uh, manners. One of the areas I know you focus a lot on uh, is technology use. We really – we need somebody to come in and, and start pushing hard – the the manners around technology because a lot of us we're just are consumed we're even addicted don't you think oh absolutely there is 100 percent a real thing known as technology addiction oh yeah well and it's hard even as i look at new york because okay so as a guy that doesn't live in new york you know mayor bloomberg was getting into don't drink soda and all the rules about soda and all that stuff and i'm thinking how are you ever going to legislate that and then on top of it, I started thinking maybe what we ought to do is be legislating manners for technology. But you're also not going to legislate that. These are just things people should do because they are nice people. So how do we push technology and manners? It's it's really it's really difficult. Like I said earlier, you know, having our phones on us is just it comes naturally now. Yeah. And it's, you know, having the world pretty much at our fingertips. 
Um, one way that's kind of convenient, I suppose, is in New York at least, um, when we're on the subway, we don't have cell service down there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so people kind of are forced to unplug if they can. Sometimes yep. people are still on their phone anyway. Um, but it really does, you know, unplugging and focusing on others. It's, it's basic good manners for 2014. Well, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and I mean, that's what we need, huh? Is I guess the problem with a phone is it makes you look so inwardly. You like kind of get into it and not inwardly, but it makes you so consumed with what's in front of your face that you forget that everyone else around you has to listen to this conversation. Um, exactly. So it, it really is. It's don't it, even see everyone else around. No. You. Like there are people in New York who are walking down the street, looking at their phone, walking into people because they're not even paying attention to where oh. they're going. See, that's what, <laughs> that's where I love YouTube. Cause then you can go to YouTube and watch all of these people that almost died walking down the streets of New York, <laughs> looking at their phone. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe the answer for manners and technology is we need a technology that we can use to shut down everyone else's technology and force manners. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. There are things, um, you know, if people are actually committed to it, um, I know there there are restaurants and um, things like that that offer discounts if you stash your phone during your meal. Really? Uh, So it forces you to kind of... um, you know, practice good manners. And there's also, I like to tell everyone this fun game. There's a thing called the phone stacking game, where if you're at a restaurant with a group of friends and you all want to make sure that you are concentrating on each other and not on your cell phone screens, you can all put your phone in the middle of the table and the first person to pick it up has to pick up the whole tab. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a reason right there to have two phones. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're never picking up a tab. I mean, then, then that's you've just defeated the purpose. Exactly. But see, you got to be smart then. See, so I always carry a spare phone that I put in the phone stacking game. But it really is. Um, it's it is it's offensive. You know, people are offending you when they're using their technology, and it's even interesting because. You can um, take a break. So if the conversation isn't necessarily involving you, a lot of people grab their phone and they take a break or they're doing research. So all of a sudden you're at dinner and somebody says something. Yeah, I think the Yankees are playing today and everyone (laughs) pulls their phone out and and then they're gone for a half hour looking for the Yankees. Oh, yeah. And I've definitely been guilty of that. Oh, yeah. Well, I am not perfect when it comes to my cell phone, but it's it's. You know, it does a world of good as much as it, you know, it can be bad. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there there are benefits to both <laughs> unplugging well, and being on your phone. Yeah, I had a I had a grandma that um, not my grandma, a lady that was talking about her grandchildren. When they all come over to her house, she has a basket at the front of her at the front door, and when they walk in, the family rule is you just everyone puts their phones in the basket. I love that idea. And it's just it's just what we're doing. When you're yeah. with grandma, grandma means you're with grandma. Grandma came from a different age. We don't use cell phones at grandma's. Exactly. She demands your attention as she should. And it, and it, it impacts though. I mean, it's funny. I like that you're tying it to manners, um, you know, and because people have got to learn to just recognize other people and connect to other people. And I, I'm not sure we're teaching them that with technology. We're teaching them that, you know, you can disconnect anytime you want. Right. And we, you know, especially on our GPS for the Soul page, we try to encourage unplugging 
as part. It is good manners. It, it really is. You you are with other human beings. You should interact with them. Um, and it's it's important for presence too. You know, you could easily miss something yeah. just because you're, you know, tuned into what's going on in your Facebook newsfeed. Not to say that I don't do it. I'm no, sure everyone does it. We all do. There's but, a time and a place for it. But we also I mean, the other thing I guess that's problematic is we we think we're good at disconnecting and we get like we really think, oh, you know, I'm a professional. No one can disconnect better than I can and act like I'm connected. The problem with it is we don't realize that it, we're creating this Achilles heel, this this weakness. That's why I love the your title of your the your site on on Huffington is GPS for the soul. I remember as a trainer, I would always take. Do you remember those old projectors um, that uh, overhead projectors that the teachers would teach from back in school oh, yeah. in the day? I mean, still people use them. And I would I would take an overhead projector and then I had a compass that you could see through and I would set the compass on top of the projector and I would turn the light on on the projector and that compass would start spinning. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and what I, what I would teach the lesson is, you know, we all have a compass in our soul. We all have this sense, this sensitive instrument in us our soul. And sometimes the technology, when we turn on some technology, it starts to interrupt our soul and it, it really disconnects does. us. It really does. And I mean, there are ways to use it for good. Like GPS for the soul actually has their own app for the iPhone and Android where it offers breathing exercises mm. and tools to manage stress. And there are, you know, apps, meditation apps like Headspace and yeah. things like that, that really do help kind of get back to your center and keep you calm. But when you're, you know, scrolling through a Twitter feed or a Facebook feed, when you're supposed to be, you know, standing there talking to your friends, that's where it gets a little bit problematic. Yeah. And then, then it comes just down to doing it, right? Just self-control and just know that when you're around people, we turn it off. Right. And if everyone kind of agrees to participate in this activity, then it makes it so much easier. It's, you know, it's obviously hard when you're sitting there trying to talk to someone and they're on their phone. So that makes you want to get out your phone. Yeah. If everyone kind of agrees and that's where the good manners comes in. Everyone agrees to have good manners. <laughs> have you have you found any good ways to 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 kind of get some feedback to the one that doesn't have good manners? Um, to, you know, to yeah. just, you know, involve them in, hey, how about turning that off, big guy? Yeah, it's, but you have to do it in a mindful manner. And yeah. I think if you get the point across that, you know, you're not doing it to insult them, you're doing it, you know, you're saying, hey, do you mind just putting your phone away just because I really want to talk to you and I want to be here with you? Like, yeah. that, that, you know, obviously they can't really, hopefully they won't have a problem with that. You're telling them that you want to be with them and talk to them and not talk to them while they're looking at their phone. That's, um, so, by the way, the best, best way I've ever seen that done is my wife actually just texted me. And just said, hey, remember me over here? here. It's interesting because we it's we listen to the technology. I've always found, too, technology is important because I can show everybody how I um, how I prioritize. So I can tell people that I had a guy calling me and I wouldn't answer his phone. I wouldn't answer my phone as he's calling me because I didn't know the number. And he was sitting at the table with me and I wouldn't answer the phone. (laughs) I wouldn't answer it. And finally, I just I just hit it and it went away. And he looks at me and he goes, you're not going to answer that? And I'm like, no, don't know. I don't know whose number that is because that was me. 
And I'm like, oh, well, you're right here. I'll talk to you. But the funny thing is, is we use our priority. I mean, our prioritization is used and demonstrated through our technology use. So we are telling people who's important and who's not, whether we mean to or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, whether you're in person, you're saying and you're on your phone, you're saying that, okay, whatever is going on on my screen is more important than you right now. Or if you're you know, trying to get back to someone immediately, you are, it's kind of like a, a cycle, really. If you continue to use, like, for example, your work email uh, after hours, you are kind of reinforcing that behavior and telling the person that you're emailing that, okay, I'm available after hours and you're a priority, which is fine, but then that could also become a habit. So it's something to be mindful of. Mm, such a good point. We, again, we just pulled up your GPS for the Soul app on Android. Tons of fun stuff. So everybody out there in listener land be looking for GPS for the soul. Uh, and just I think if they just Googled that, they could find the app or go to their yeah, app store absolutely. and they can find it. Hey, let's take a break. We're talking with Lindsay Holmes. Again, she's the associate editor of GPS for the Soul at The Huffington Post. She's teaching us how to have a healthier, more mindful, more present life and um, maybe even a healthier, happier soul. Good manners, being nice, that's the goal of the show today. When we come back, we're going to focus on nice. Is nice natural? And uh, some, you know, do nice guys always finish last? We'll find out after this break right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, you're never fully dressed without a smile and a red-headed wig and dressed in a little red dress. Annie, she knew what was going on. Didn't Annie have a trip to New York, too? That's it. I knew had some connection with New York. It's been a long time since I've seen Annie. Hey, today we're talking, folks, about good manners and being nice. Lindsay Holmes is joining us. She's the associate editor of GPS for the Soul at Huffington Post, by which, by the way, has a great app. Um, our producer, Sean O'Neill, is already practicing meditation and mindful breathing. Uh, he got a little lightheaded. A lot of oxygen got flowing into his cranium, and uh, he had to sit down. So, Lindsay, just so you know, it's already working. Perfect. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> he's a lot more relaxed, which good. honestly isn't good because he, he's narcoleptic and he falls asleep at the drop of a hat. So now that you've relaxed him, someone needs to wake him up. Hey, um, Lindsay's joining us. And one of the things that she also talked about is why, um, you know, sometimes people look at niceness as a negative trait, right? And I I could almost see that in New York, like, oh, that girl was so nice. I've seen it with people I've interacted with, like, can you not be so nice? Can you quit using those cute words? But um, talk about that. Is niceness... Is it is do some people actually see it as a negative trait and is it real that nice guys do finish last? Well, as far as it being a negative trait, I don't believe that it is. No I, way. <laughs> it it does it does have a bad reputation. People think that, you know, you're either being, you know, not authentic or you're being insecure or even worse, you're a pushover. In New York, that's probably the worst thing you could yeah. be. Yeah. I mean that's death, <laughs> right. Uh, um, but 
you know, I really, I really personally think it's a strength, you know, it makes you more approachable. It makes you, you know, it actually can help you live longer. Studies suggest that being nice, um, betters your well-being, which can lead to longevity. So I'm mm-hmm. all about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's definitely, you know, it, it comes off as a bad thing, but it definitely doesn't have to be. And then as far as the whole nice guys finish last cliche, um, I personally don't believe that that's true or it shouldn't be true um, because being nice studies also suggest that it could, it could help you be more successful at work. And that, as we well know, is not at all close to finishing last. Right. Um, so I think, I think it can really help you more than it can hurt you. Some honest. people, it seems like they, they misconstrue, they're using it as a technique they're, and they're not genuine and fake, which, you know, if all of a sudden you're being nice and two minutes later I see that you're bad-mouthing me or backbiting, I'm not going to trust that. So in the end... If you're truly nice, people will probably trust you more. Right. I believe I, you know, I've noticed that just in my own personal experiences. And I've also gotten, you know, called a pushover before. Sure. So, um, but it, it does come across. Most people think, you know, it's disingenuous. They, you know, you compliment someone and think someone thinks, oh, they don't really mean what they say. And that shouldn't be true. No. I don't think it's yeah. Well, and it, I guess, too, it kind of parallels the optimism world that to be an optimist, I guess, you know, you're more likely to get taken advantage of. But the reality is, is who cares? Because I'll just handle that optimistically. <laughs> I mean, when it comes down to it is I don't want to live the rest of my life being a mean guy just because right. supposedly it gets me a little less of a chance of being taken advantage of. Right, exactly. And as long as you're true to yourself and you continue to be nice, it's not something that you just use whenever is convenient for you. It it really doesn't make you a pushover or no. make you, you know, fall behind in any sort of area of life. It really does help you more than it hurts you. Do you sense it's like a natural trait, something we're born with, or is it something that I, I could almost see a lot of moms have, you know, enculturated their children to be nice? Be nice to your brother. Yeah. Actually, there was um, some research done out of the University of Buffalo that suggested that our niceness kind of may lie in our DNA. Um, Some people are born with certain genes that give you specific receptors to Mm. oxytocin, which is that love and generosity hormone. Um, But that's not to say that if, you know, you aren't, and there are tests, but that's not to say that everyone is born with it. It it also comes from your upbringing and your social experiences and, um, you know, just practicing it on a daily basis from an early age. Oh, it's so true. And um, just having it drilled in your head, like, be nice, be nice. It's it's like when you've got that look in your eye, like, okay, I just got to hit my brother. I just got to hit him. And your mom's like, honey, be nice. And you're it's, counting. It's so tempting. It but... is. <laughs> but it really is in the end. I mean, if you have to choose between being nice and being mean, um, it's mean. Yeah, flat out. And it just, I always feel stupid after being mean. Like, because, oh, yeah. you know, oh, now I got to go apologize for that. Nope, not if you're nice. If you're mean, you can, you don't have to apologize. Just get right. even. 
<laughs> it's so scary. Well, I love what you're doing on that website. Um, again, at GPS for the Soul. Anybody that all you got to do is look up Huffington Post and GPS for the Soul. You'll see Lindsay all over that site. Lindsay, on that site, you also just put out a new um, article on eight things we forget to be grateful for. Yes. Talk about the eight little things, by the way. These aren't even big things. Eight things that we forget to be grateful for. Again, this goes – it seems to parallel with happiness. If you're if you're forgetting to be grateful, you're probably not going to feel as good as those that remember all the things that they should be grateful for. Exactly. So there is a plethora of research saying that gratitude um, makes us more joyful, makes us more optimistic. Um, and so – you know, there are little things that happen in everyday life that we just don't even think to be excited about or to be grateful for. Things like a good conversation or a hug from your family or even I, I believe I mentioned in this piece something about public transportation. Yeah. I'm totally grateful for, you know, my mornings on the subway. It gives me a chance to kind of unwind and reflect before my day begins and wow. when it ends, you know. Yeah. And, it's all about perspective and looking at things in a different way. Well, one, yeah, you're one snowstorm away from not having some public transportation. <laughs> then you'll remember how grateful oh. you are to have it. Exactly. Oh, exactly. That's right. Exactly. These, I mean, there's so many different stories. I mean, just even as I sit there and I thought about you talking about the big hug, if you were my daughter and left my home to go to the big city, I'd be <laughs> thinking about a big hug from my family member all the time. Oh, yeah. And I give them a big hug right back when I go visit. I'm That's huge. My <laughs> Another one you brought up, though, is honesty. Yeah. Because some people so, just aren't. What do you mean? Uh, yeah. It, you know, some people see honesty or see, you know, some criticism as a negative thing. And obviously, delivery is everything. But yeah. um, authenticity is a really coveted characteristic. And it's you know, when someone is honest with you in in a you know constructive way, that's something that we should really be thankful for because we're always learning, we're always changing, and we're always improving. And when someone is honest with us about our shortcomings, it really does help us go through those changes. Hmm. I mean, that's growth, right? That's how we that's how we improve. Exactly. You know, and we what. What do we have if we can't learn from other people? Maybe that kind of circling back to the niceness thing is if, if sometimes if we're too nice to be honest, then maybe that's where I don't trust it. I need you to be honest so I'm getting the feedback. And you can be nice too and still tell me the truth. Don't exactly. leave me out to hang. Exactly. There's this thing called gentle honesty where – and it's kind of a habit that is cultivated in really good friendships, which we write a lot about also on Huffington Post and Healthy Living, um, our habits of good friends and things like that. And one of the, you know, main characteristics is a gentle honesty where friends, you know, tell you, they call you out when you're in the wrong because you need to know when you're in the wrong yeah. and there's a nice way of doing that. I love it. You also talked about awe-inspiring moments. We should be grateful for those moments. Oh, absolutely. Those sunsets at the end of the day, don't just walk past them or... yeah snap it on your phone and then file it away forever and enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, or just a, or just a little, um, just a dog licking your face. Exactly. <laughs> right, Lynn? That's I mean, one of my awe-inspiring moments. That's, I can tell because you go and collect them and then you put them on your site. And 
exactly. Now we know that's all it takes. But really, I think I think you do a great job, and I so appreciate your mission there, um, healthy living, but also GPS for the soul. I mean, you guys are doing a great job, and I, I think the more we learn about it, right, the more a lot of us. That's what I think needs to be the news is what you guys are putting on that uh, at the Huffington Post in GPS for the soul. If more of that was hitting the news, we might start being happier, right? We might start noticing the good things in our lives. Exactly. And that's really, really important to our well-being. And ultimately, it's something that's going to help us live longer. It's something that's going to improve our quality of life. And that's the kind of news that we should be hearing, for sure. Well done. Well, Lindsay, we appreciate you. And uh, you know what? Just for doing the show, I'm going to send you a dog. Oh, uh, gosh. Great. Just a little one. <laughs> A little dog. Okay, that's that's totally fine. You know what? I'll get it approved through my landlord. Yeah, it'll be just, fine. <laughs> you know what? It'll be so little you can just sneak it in. They'll think it's a New York rat. I, oh gosh. <laughs> Maybe just as get long a rat. As it's actually, a dog? No. No, we don't want that. On the rat. <laughs> Lindsay, you're the best. Thanks, and keep up the great work at GPS for the Soul. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're going to take a break, folks. Good stuff coming up. Uh, really, change our lives by just simply you know changing your manners a little bit be a little nicer that's the goal we're going to take a break folks and when we come back continue this discussion uh with some wonderful guests this is the matt townsend show you're listening to us right here on sirius xm 143 byu radio Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to hour number two of the Matt Townsend Show. Today we have been talking about good manners and being nice. Now shape up, you! That's today's topic. I don't know who I... I learned that from the neighbor when I walked on his lawn. Neighbor? Because I learned that from my dad. Shape up! You little whippersnapper! Today we're going to teach you to be nice. Is it possible to be too nice? Sean O'Neill, yes. can one be too nice? Yeah, because I think if you're too nice, you can seem fake. Yeah, I agree. We're, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you some advice today. Oh, okay. Four cues that your niceness may be backfiring. Okay. Cue number one: You feel like you're being taken advantage of. If all of a sudden uh. you uh, are so nice, but then. You're like, no, no, you eat it. I ate yesterday. You just eat it. There's a, there's a scene of that in um, Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man. It's a Man. movie. movie Is it Cinderella Russell Man Crow. or Cinderella No, Man. Cinderella Man. Okay. It's a Ron Howard movie. It's, okay. It's about, um, now I can't remember the boxer's name, but he was a boxer in, uh, in the 30s during the Depression. Dempsey. Yeah, Jack Dempsey. That's that right. And he, uh, he, he wakes up. And he's going to work that day, that morning, and his daughter is at the table with him eating breakfast. His wife is just – they had fried bologna, and that's it. Oh, that sounds good. And so <laughs> she says, can I have some more, Mom? And Dad's sitting there at the table. He gives her his bologna, his bologna and says, you know what? You know what, Rosie? I dreamed I had a big inch-thick steak in my dream last night. So I am just so full here. You can eat my See? breakfast. Now, that's being nice. Mm-hmm. But if all of a sudden you've done that and then – People just keep taking advantage of it. 
Dad, did you have a dream about a new yeah. car? Because I need a car. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't, son. <laughs> so if all of a sudden you could be too nice if all of a sudden other people are taking advantage of you. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows, ah, mom never eats anyway. Let's just have more. Right. Yeah. A lot of moms do that. A lot of moms will give up, you know. But then they sometimes play the martyr. Well, boy, it would have been good if I could have at Had least some. tasted my meal. Yeah. Yeah, well. So if you feel like you're being taken advantage of, you might be you too know, nice. It's backfiring on you. Or if you notice that your negative emotions are constantly on the rise. So you're nice, except you're getting more and more angry. Really? Have you ever noticed that? Not you, of course, but have you ever noticed where sometimes you're nice, but then you're mad? Like, oh, well, I didn't think you would take me up on that offer. Have you ever heard people say, oh, what yeah. can I do to help you? What can I, And you're like, no. Well, if you've got a truck, I can borrow. That's right. Could I borrow 50 bucks in a truck? Well, sh- sure. I mean, I didn't know you were going to take just, me up on that. I was just trying offer. to be nice. I had a friend, his... When his dad died, um, you know how everyone comes up and says, is there anything we could do? Yeah, sure. Well, they made a list of everything that needed to be done because dad was gone. And so when people would come up and say, you know, is there anything I can do for your family during this time? Our gutters need to be cleaned And they'd be like, well, you know what? I'm so glad you asked. But we do need the lawn mowed from May to June. There you go. Can you mow the lawn? Can we count on you for four lawn mows? (laughs) So then all of a sudden – so if you were being nice and now you're getting angry – Oh, well, really? Really? <laughs> well, sure. I mean, I guess I could. I mean, my mower's you know, falling apart, but I'll do it. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. It's probably backfiring on you. Another sign that your niceness might be backfiring is if you feel fake. If you're being nice, just – you, but you're being fake. And when, you, when they walk away, you shake your head like, ah, jeez. That lady's weird. <laughs> so you can be nice because the goal mm-hmm. of nice is not – it shouldn't be negative, no. and it shouldn't be to be taken advantage of, and it shouldn't be to be fake. Nice in and of itself should pay off, and just the niceness should be good. You should just feel good for being nice. Yes. So if you're feeling fake, then That's there's a, something fake going on. Being nice should be its own reward. Right. So if you're feeling fake, then probably you're using what I call a counterfeit. And the counterfeit is where we, we're being fake, thinking it's nice, but really, it's fake. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I am just saying if you feel fake, then you probably need to work on your nice. <laughs> you're probably doing it for the wrong reason. And nine times out of ten, they can tell you're being fake that's too. Right. If yeah. you can feel it, they can yeah, feel it. That's right. And everyone knows. And you've seen the two people that, you know, they were both gossiping about each other. And then they walk in the room and they're all nice. And everyone's like, oh, yes. you're so full of it. Because I know you hate her. Yeah, those desperate housewife shows are just like that. Yeah. And even if they're not desperate or housewives, we all do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't, but people on other shows do. My wife and I will do that with the kids. Really? Yeah. Like you're like, oh man, it's... or we'll we'll act like we were talking about them anyway <laughs> when they come in the room. Oh, you know sh- what? Sh- sh- Your kids are going to need a lot of therapy. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> and I mean that in the best way possible. You'll make a lot of money. Off <laughs> I know. Bring them over. Let's start them when they're young. Last but not least, you'll notice that your relationships aren't deepening. Because sometimes if you're too nice, you're not deepening a relationship. Relationships take risk. They hmm. take a little bit of tension sometimes. And sometimes when we're – I know people all day long that avoid real discussions because it's too tense. So they just instead choose for nice and nice doesn't create growth a lot of times. Make sense? 
Yep. It's hard. So if you don't sense that your relationships around you are getting stronger, and I learned a lot of this. I learned to be nice. I learned manners because I went to a private school. I don't want to be an elitist. I think that's that's the reason why people say that marriage is hard is because if you can't be real in your marriage with your partner, it, I mean, yeah. forget it. We've had guests It's not going to grow at all. It's true. We've had guests on our show that, that have brought up the fact that like women, for example, always tell men, I just want you – I want you to just tell me what you're feeling. Yeah. Tell me what's going on in that head of yours. But if we actually did? You can't handle <laughs> – What's going you on in my head? <laughs> but if I came out and said, "Okay, I am about one minute away from losing my job. I've hidden mm-hmm. a credit card. We have thirty thousand dollars more debt. Uh, I've thought of driving off the road fourteen times." Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know. There you go. I'm sharing. That's not going to go well. No. So instead, we just be nice. How's your day? Great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. With your eye twitching. Yeah, twitch, twitch, twitch. Great. Yeah. Da, 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 da. So. You know, we gotta we gotta be real, and yet we've got to be real in a nice way, because there's no reason I have to crush you. Mm-hmm. But also, don't I mean, if you're not having your partner be very real to you, there's probably a reason, and it may not be because they're just dumb. I would hope not. I know that sometimes that's what we think. They're just weak, but maybe they're not being nice because, or maybe they're not telling you the truth because you can't handle it. That's a possibility. So maybe it's time to be a little less nice. Is that possible? Nice even as a word. That just I mean, that just it just sounds too nice. Let's get more real. I would agree. We can handle being more real. You know. That's all I gotta say about that. Another another little rant. I just ranted. Okay. You just got real. I just got real. Your your show ha- the name the show has your name on it. So I, I can think do whatever you're I want. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. No, I'm not because we've got a great guest coming up. Uh, guess who's coming up? Do you know who's coming up? Uh, yeah, because I set up the show. No, kind of no, thing. Hank Smith. Yeah. Oh, okay, not even close. <laughs> Hank Smith is coming up. Uh, a great speaker, author. He's going to be teaching us about uh, I think our families and kids and nice. He was talking about being a better friend. Was he? Yeah, he's a great guy. Hank Smith. I've never met him, so well, he's in the house, folks. I'll trust your opinion. Hope, hopefully, you're not being too nice. No, no, <laughs> he's a great guy for real. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Hank Smith is in the house. We're going to be talking apparently about friendships right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Up next after this break. Welcome back, everybody. Now, I'm telling you, that is one of the best songs of all time. Don't you think? Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful what a wonderful World. Woo! I could just listen to that all day. I wonder what they'd think about my radio show if all I did was listen to Louis Armstrong. Then it'd be like Through the Garage Door, another show found here on, <laughs> here found on BYU Radio. Great show. But all they do is just listen to music. 
pretend like they've got a show. <laughs> Not me, folks. I'm bringing you new stuff, cutting edge stuff to help you grow a healthier, happier life. Nothing more cutting edge than Dr. Hank Smith. Dr. Hank Smith is a friend of the show. He's back, folks. He um, he he is a favorite youth speaker. He speaks all over the country, really, and uh, BYU Education Week. Hank and his wife, Sarah, were both born and raised in St. George, Utah. They're the parents of five children. And Hank, as if his good looks and his Ph.D., if, the, if those weren't enough, he also enjoys running marathons, which we share in common. I love... Watching people run marathons, and I and he eats lots and lots of ice cream, which is again why he runs marathons. Hank, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be back. Are you running the St. George Marathon? Uh, well, we had this little disease we got last year called twins, and well, those uh, are that, going around. Kind of ended my mm-hmm. running days. Yeah, did it? Yeah. Do you know we, that I gained twenty pounds with every kid? Wow, <laughs> I did. It was crazy. We had six kids. Yeah, six kids. That's. Uh, I, did, I lost here. some of it. <laughs> you know, once you have the baby, you lose a lot of weight. But um, in the end, I think about five or six pounds per kid stuck. It's kind of like coming around Christmas every year. Everyone yeah. gains a pound or two around Christmas. Isn't that weird? They always know that the woman's going to gain weight. But so do the men. This is sympathy. We're it's trying sympathy to sympathize. Pain. That's how much sympathy I have. I have cravings. Do when, you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, My wife's pregnant. I've got cravings. <laughs> you actually have cravings for ice cream apparently all the time. I do. I love uh, – especially BYU ice cream. Yeah, right? it's crazy. Grand have you Canyon ever heard cream. of um, – James has a favorite ice cream. What's it called, James? Marion Berry. Marion Berry. So by the Tillam – is it the Tillamook? No, it's it's BYU Creamery BYU ice cream. Creamery yeah, ice called Marion Berry. He didn't know <laughs> – so good. He didn't know that Marion Barry was a mayor of Washington, D.C. <laughs> that also was, I think, arrested for crack or something. And anyway, he's back. He's got a great you know, return. He's back. But he didn't know that, you know, Marion Barry's not actually just a, there just is probably a there is a Marion Barry. Well, I hope so. I hope they're not naming ice cream after. No, no. Crack. Now, no. Are they? no, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just funny. Anyway, that's his favorite. <laughs> ice cream. You know, I just like chocolate. Have you had Grand Canyon ice cream over there, James? So good. That that's another good one. Yeah, yeah. No. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? <laughs> the Grand Canyon? <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It tastes wonderful. <laughs> mm, I can just take a bite of it. So, Hank, uh, welcome back. What are you going to talk to friends? Yeah, we were going to talk about uh, how to teach teenagers. Yeah. Uh, to have manners. Okay, because honestly, really. Some would say that's not possible. Right. Well, their brains aren't fully developed. Well, so. right. Nor, by the way, are 24-year-olds. Yes. Who work in your studio How old are you, here. James? Well, I just so happen to be 24. No <laughs> way. Are you? Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Coincidence. So you, you know – I don't know if you know this, but brains aren't fully developed until 25. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm turning 25 in December. Boy, wow. so are we. Wow. It's about to happen. My we, brain yeah. is almost <laughs> developed. Yeah. We, uh, we have a big party coming yeah. up. <laughs> The full brain yeah. party. <laughs> the coming out party. He's coming lobe. out with his full brain. <laughs> hey, um, so teach us because you work with kids all day, teens yep. all day. I've worked with teenagers for 15 years. Um, they I, can learn this. They can. They can. And I've noticed a correlation in my – this isn't a, a formal study, but just in the, the kids I've yeah. watched in the last 15 years, I think I've gained Tens some experience. Tens of thousands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it seems to me that high self-confidence and good manners go together. Now, I don't know mm. if one causes the other. Yeah, uh, it seems I agree. The kids, the teenagers with the highest self confidence, are the ones who are the most uh, See, kind. I, I didn't. I didn't get into this, but um, 
I went to a private school. I'm a pretty big deal. Right. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> and uh, in my private school, they taught manners. They taught – As part of the curriculum. Yeah. Like you don't correct a teacher. And if you do, right. you don't say, hey, isn't it? You don't yeah, – you're not supposed to do it that way. You say, Mrs. Jeffs, am I correct in thinking? Yeah, raise your hand. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she would say, am I correct in thinking that it should be a two instead of a four? And Mrs. Jeffs would say, yes, thank you, Matthew. That was beautiful. <laughs> Something like that. But, but it gave me self-esteem because I knew how to treat an adult. I knew how to greet them. I knew I, we would stand for them when they walked in the room, when wow. a teacher would walk in. That never happens for I me. I know. So, so, but I think you're totally right but on But it's cyclical maybe. Uh, high self-esteem. You know, they, they feel like, hey, I can talk to an adult. I mm-hmm. can uh, be nice. It doesn't take away from me at all. And then in doing that, their self-confidence goes up. So I think yeah. one, one helps the other. Again, it's not a formal study. I haven't read up on, no, on but, it, but just from my observation. But two, if, you're a di- if you have dignity and self-dignity, you treat others with dignity. Right. Uh, so sometimes I think we shoot ourselves in the foot when we get mad at our teenagers for being impolite and we start tearing them down yeah. because all we're doing is causing them to be well, – have lower self-confidence. Well, and, and, be in, and we're being impolite. We're right. modeling what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like a lot of my parenting practices. Yeah, let me tear into you and, and tell you how you, should, how you need to be more respectful. Yeah, and then uh, we're, and we polite. are surprised like these kids are so messed up but <laughs> you're the one – Pushing yeah, the buttons. It's like don't hit in this family. Yeah, I mean hit right. you a couple times to to learn that lesson. Um, and you, I, to borrow an analogy from you, which I borrow all the time, is this idea of smoke. Yeah, uh, it seems that manners are smoke. What's the real issue? What's really causing the smoke? Uh, well, I should say being implied is the smoke, and what really is causing it is they're not confident in themselves. Yeah. They're immature. Um, so we we get caught up like down to, like that we you didn't. You you didn't apologize, and we get we got we get on them on something, but the apology is not the That's issue. That's not the issue. The issue is that they they've never been taught, or they don't know how uh, to respect someone, and second, they don't have the confidence to to uh, do it to do it. Right, and so with a brain that's half developed and with no self confidence, it's a pretty it's a high bar to set for it's a so teenager. True. Uh, that, that hey, you need to be polite. You need to be able to talk to uh, to. To talk to people this certain way. Uh, so one thing I, I would do uh, if I had a teenager uh, from the ones I've worked with is I'll talk to them before the situation, mm-hmm. not get mad at them after. Yeah, yeah. So much better to be proactive than reactive. But right? See that, you know, I don't know if you know, Hank, that's harder. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot harder yeah. to, to think you, through that. Yeah. Because you also just – most of us are fairly reactive. Yeah. And we like we're, we get to go to parent-teacher conferences soon. Right. And then, oh, man, I hated those days. I know. But you can kind of do it proactively or reactively. Right. What am I going to go here? What am I going to hear about instead of coming home and getting angry? Uh, So like my wife and I will go to a wedding reception or something. We'll take the kids and we want them to be polite. Yeah. Uh, And so we'll talk to them before. Instead of getting angry at them after, you shouldn't have run around like that. You shouldn't have spilled like that. You shouldn't have done Mm -hmm. those things. We'll talk before. What's what's the appropriate behavior here for uh, this setting? And we'll talk about it on the way there. And that's healthier because we just quit taking ours. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it's just easier. You're staying home, but you can't. You lock can't. the door. <laughs> then it's like then we're. Why don't you bring them? My mom will say, "Why don't you bring them?" Ah, oh, please. Yeah, we don't bring kids to family. We reunions. just got invited to a wedding of my nephew, and um, we're not taking my kids. <laughs> and my mom's like, "You don't want to bring your kids?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Oh, you got six. These right? kids are crazy. I'm sure they're all well behaved. You've met them, James. They're all well behaved. Mm-hmm. I'm sure." <laughs> They're behaved. Right. (laughs) 
But it's um, – and they're great. It's just we would have to plan ahead. We'd right. have to prepare. If We'd you have can to tell think about this before. What wedding behavior looks yeah. like. Yeah. And, and yeah. we do that. We go to a restaurant, right? We're on restaurant behavior. Here. Yeah. Have you ever seen the families when you walk in, they all look like, oh, geez. Right. You just ruined my dinner. <laughs> right. Here comes I, a big I want to family. apologize to everyone yeah. around us. That's where they're always like, I bet they're Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of Mormons. We had a family, actually. We went to Olive Garden this week for my wife's birthday, and we had a, a nice older couple come over and say, Your kids are so well behaved. <gasps> That's huge. Yeah. And I thought, Are you going to pay for our check? They didn't pay that, for the check. That but the next yeah. time, put yeah. your money where your mouth is. <laughs> That's why. Have you ever just tried Benadryl? Yeah, that's yeah. We just yeah. Whenever the only time I, we've ever had someone say your kids are so well behaved, they we were, had just gotten off a flight and they were all Benadryl. Yeah, they're all <laughs> they're all no, knocked thank out. Thank you. Medicated. <laughs> they're very calm. <laughs> it's sad, but that's another way to do it. Talk about uh, what are some other ways though that we you know get our kids to just get it. Um, I think uh, well, obviously, I'm sure you've talked about this earlier in the program, but. Uh, the way mom and dad treat each other mm-hmm. is going to be uh, – obviously, it's going to be the biggest factor right. to how kids treat other people That's right. uh, and how mom and dad treat the other kids in the family. Yeah. Right? I'm, I mean the way you treat your hardest child says sends a message to all the other kids oh, about yeah. value and respect. Uh, and that's hard to do sometimes when you're very frustrated and angry and all the other – everyone's watching, yeah. right? And you've got to be under – you've got to have such self-control that you're modeling this idea of when I'm angry, I don't mm. act on that. When so I'm, and they can tell you're angry, yeah. right? They know you're angry and they're going to they're gonna... – But that's a great way to think of it is – so your hardest child really is the baseline. That's right. the – the that's way how you low treat that can one, you go. right? The way you treat the one that's most, uh, the the one that you that's hardest taxing for you, yeah. for you uh, is it, it sends a message to all the other kids on how we treat people mm-hmm. uh, in general. And, and what's and, interesting is most of the kids. I mean, every kid's different. Right. But the hardest one, you know, we it's just they're just harder. Yeah, I have but one that's good takes, for you. That's the one you need to learn. Yeah, I have one that takes eighty percent of my energy. Yeah, the others get five percent. They follow dad. They love me. They're little ducklings. Yeah. And I have this one that just yeah. loves to get lost at Disneyland and loves <laughs> to uh, you know run away at church. And yeah. I just think, oh, but I, I try to remember that I've got these four little other ones watching me. Uh, and the way I treat this one, it's going to send a message that's to huge. them on how we treat people. That's how I treat my producers. I've got one. Right. All over the place. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you who they are. Yeah. I, I can see yeah. her back in the window yep, there. She's, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's her. Yeah. That's totally her. How Cute we, as can be. <laughs> but did you notice how the light was even shining? Yeah. Out that nice. Uh, that was yep. scary. Uh, we're going to take a break. More with Hank Smith when we come back. He's teaching us, folks, how to teach our children manners and how to, you know, find the best in them and let them uh, shine, heaven forbid. Creating nice, happy people. That's the goal of today's show. Hank Smith, when we come back, this is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. That's the old friends theme. From the Rembrandts, you know, I'll be there for you. On the show today, right now, Hank Smith, who is uh, an educator, Ph.D., uh, expert in dealing and working and teaching and educating youth. He's uh, He speaks here at Education Week. He teaches classes as well. He and his wife, Sarah, have five beautiful children. 
like their mother. Of course. <laughs> They're beautiful. <laughs> and um, she puts up with a lot, by she the does. way, Hank. She called in and she we've been to, talking yeah. a lot about you. She my, has uh, two two-year-old boys at home. So two. she doesn't have time to call anyone. I yeah, know that. that's the, those are the twins. <laughs> the twins who terrorize our house. Um, everybody needs a set of twins. Oh, yes. <laughs> because misery loves company. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Hank, tell us more about, um, you know, being nice, creating and growing, raising your children in a way that they're prepared to be good community members. All right. That they're nice people. One thing that I do a lot lately is I, I'll go out and do anti-bullying yeah. assemblies. And what I've noticed is there's not a lot of bullies. Very small percentage of like kids one or are two, bullies. Right. right. Most of these kids are not bullies and most of them aren't targets yeah. of the bully. You know, That's a very small percentage. They're in this group that's in between. See, most parents are worried if their kid is the target or yeah. if their kid is the bully. And if right. they're not, then hey, we're OK. Hands off. Yeah. Right. But there's this, this group that I call the bystanders and the upstanders. There's mm -hmm. people who stand up to the bully and people who just stand by yeah. and watch. And well, if we can help our kids – uh, kind of come to this sense of respect for human beings where the bystanders becomes the upstander. That's he cool. Says, hey, I, not at this school. Yeah, you we know, don't not, do that. Yeah, here, we don't do dude. that here. We got yeah. uh, that's that's a sense of being a good community member. Yeah, right. Because we as adults do the same thing. They just stand by. But see, we don't we ever talk about that, do we? Right. We just we we talk about it's the, it's everything we do, and I think some of it's the media exaggerates everything. So yeah. we're always looking to these extremes. Right. But the power is always in the middle. I mean, yeah, nobody had to listen to Oprah, right? But they did, and that made that made her so powerful. And, and the power is in the middle. Get the middle people to stick up to the bullies and look out for the the right. ones that would be bullied. Yeah, and all target. of a sudden, yeah, and that's and that and I try to show the the youth that I go speak to that that's manners. That's right. Not being a bully that, that's good manners. But yeah. standing up for the target, yeah. that's manners. That's powerful. Yeah. That's, uh, and so we – because most of the kids at the assembly, the bullies don't come to the assembly. They're off – They're you know, bullying Yeah, somewhere. they're off doing something. The target, Going to bully school. The target is really hard to talk to. Yeah. Right? Because they're, they're just – they're worried about survival. Yeah. Well, they're afraid. Yeah. yeah. They're too enmeshed. So yeah. it's these it's these bystanders that, that we want to talk to. And, and probably a lot of your listeners have bystanders in their, oh, yeah. in their home. And so to say, hey, this is good manners to go and defend – that's that, right. That kid. A lot of them are worried, hey, I'll become the target. That's usually not the case. Well, and it's usually not the case if the numbers go. Right. If the numbers If 20 of your friends go to stick up for somebody. He, the bully can't come after you. Right. I mean bullying's usually driven by low self-confidence and fear. Hmm. Uh, and the moment someone stands up to them, they usually just, Done. just back off. Just shine yeah. the light on them. Right. But then get that in your kid's head that – there's an expectation that we don't put up with this and we do watch out for these people. Yeah. And usually the target – I mean statistics show the target are mostly the kids with disabilities. Yeah. Uh, and so th this is just this is just manners anyway. Uh, of we stand up for people who maybe cannot stand up for themselves. This is what we do. That's a good citizen. That's what that's, that's what good great. And you just do. talk about that, I yep, guess. We'll it's talk just... about that and we'll talk about how to move from uh, becoming a bystander to an upstander. Yeah. It's kind of a different word but it's kind yeah. of the way we – hey – You've got to be someone who just doesn't watch but stands up Love for someone that. because they think they're oh I'm not being rude I'm not the bully yeah uh, but you are being rude when you just watch that's right when you yeah. know something's going on and you are not going you to don't step do in. anything about it uh, so we had this uh, there's a great video if, uh, if you're 
viewers want to go online and look up the uh, Arizona. Do you, do you ever hear the story of the Arizona football team? The girl with disabilities, she had a brain disorder. She was being bullied. So mom called one of the football team members and said, hey, oh, wow. can I just get some names from me? She said, I've called the administration. That's the interesting thing, Matt. It's 85 percent of kids that are bullied saying that nothing ever happens. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Well, because – I mean, teachers the, I guess and, the administrator talks to the kid. I didn't do that. Right. And stop. then it's over. Yeah. I mean, the administrator's got enough on his plate. Right. Um, so this football player, this one football player, he decided he was going to go above and beyond and become – instead of being a bystander, he's going to be an upstander. Uh, and he went and he walked this girl to every class. He walked her between so classes cool. and he said, come sit by me at lunch. And, uh, and pretty soon uh, the rest of the football team kind of joined in. It was a great, great story of how these kids yeah. moved from being just, hey – I'm not being bullied and I'm not the bully, so I don't have to do anything. He said, no, we need to help this. Yeah. We need to help her. Versus you could have just sent the football team to go break his leg. Right, which is not helpful. No, that's tell just my, more yeah, bully. I tell my youth, yeah, let's not bully the bullies. Yeah. That's, that's not a helpful but thing But instead, go take care of these people. Yeah. I don't even think they ever found out who the bullies were. He just walked with her and, and kind of said, stay by me. That and cool. the bully, The bullying kind of just died yeah. off. Uh, they didn't want to mess with the kid. He has a big neck. You watch the video. <laughs> Always big choose neck. the guy with the big neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one messes with What him. I like about this kid is ESPN shows up to interview him and is, he hasn't even told his mom. So ESPN <laughs> comes to the door and yeah. they're like, hey, we're here to talk to your son. She says, about what? Bullying. And oh, boy. Like, yeah. What did he do? What did he do? What well, did he do? Well, he saved this girl's life basically. And that's so she's, she's thinking, wow, my son's – she said, why didn't you tell me? So I don't know. I just – See, but that's a lesson right now. They could go look up Arizona bullying football, football team. Player. Yeah. It would be, yeah. And they could talk to their kids about that yeah. tonight. There's show a family it. activity yep. tonight. Show the video and then talk about moving from bystander to upstander. To upstander. Simple lesson but but huge when it comes to manners. But that's everywhere, play. right? So um, that could be the older the older senior crossing the street. Right. That could be not making fun of people. That could be a lot of different things. Right. Adults Adults bully uh, just in different forms. Yeah. You know, we gossip. We're, uh, you know, we, we, we like to, to judge people based on what's happening from the outside, what we see on the outside. Uh, I'll tell you one quick story. So this – I one time I, I really was very impolite. My wife was uh, had a baby and in the room, room right next to ours, there was a couple just fighting. <laughs> and I thought my sweet bride is here not having – a good experience. She just had a baby. She deserves She's to have a good experience. She's stressed now. Yeah. yeah. So I went over to that nurse's station and I, I let them have it. I said, you need to fix this. My wife is here and here I am standing up for my wife. Yeah, and protecting. I'm this great experience. And then the next day I come in and I'm walking with one of the doctors down the hall and he points at that same room. And he said, do you see that little sign on their door? And I said, oh, yeah. He said, that means they lost their baby. Oh. And I, all of a sudden the situation just changed, yeah. right? Where all of a sudden I saw behind the curtain uh, and I thought, oh, we're so much we're so much less judgmental when we actually know yeah, the what's story. going on. When, yeah, there's because, always another story. Yeah, I wanted to bully them into being a you know right. being polite without I was the bully. The story. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Know Isn't what was that going interesting? On. Yeah. And you can actually feel accurate and be right. wrong. Yeah, you feel like you're totally in the right. Well, I mean, I, they shouldn't be screaming. This is a hospital. Right. And this woman just had a baby. Here she is. She's trying yeah. to bond with this baby. And if I would have known what was happening right. on the other side. Isn't that – that's – our mind plays games on us because right. we're confident and wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bad combination. <laughs> it's a horrible combination. Yeah. And yet you never – if you had known all that data – so maybe one of the rules is teach everyone to get more data. Yeah. I mean one of the great manners might be – Find out as much as you can. Yeah. The whole – I call it the whole story, 
Whole comes from the root word, same root words as healthy. So the healthy story is the whole story. That's yeah. That's that's nice. Being able to just kind of say, "Hey, there's got to be something else going on here that yeah. I'm not seeing." What am I missing? That's a hard. That's a hard skill to pick up. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know. Well, we don't ever do. have because if you had never heard the doctor say that, you're you probably wouldn't have had that shift. Never. So you and you would never have known you didn't have the shift, right? I mean, those blind spots in life. It's funny when you go out and talk to people about blind spots, and they think to themselves, "I'm so glad I don't have oh, blind spots." Oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, if "Only, yeah, yeah." Uh, that my neighbor, he sure has blind spots. So uh, when you can get, be in a relationship, I mean, this could be a whole other show where we talk about being in a relationship where you can open up blind spots oh, for yeah, each other. Totally. Uh, that's. I think. I think I heard you talk yeah. about that before. But I see, came on. instead, we don't want to open them up, and then people just get t-boned. Right. Yeah, Which is different. Just, <laughs> that's why you need to not have blind spots because right. that's where you're going to get hit. We just let our loved ones go into horrible situations knowing they're going to get hurt. It's so true. Oh, and, so and we're too polite to do But, you know, them. they deserve it. Right. <laughs> because they, they're just rude. Yep. These rude, rude people. Um, what else? Give us one more. One more okay. thing we need to know to um, teach our kids. I think one thing that you need to teach teenagers, and I think you maybe talked about this before, is that boundaries are important when yes. it comes to being polite. Yeah. Uh, if, we, if we don't do that, we're just enabling people. Right. right. My friend is sometimes I'll have a friend uh, or a student who will come to me and say, you know, I have a friend who's talking to me about suicide and every time they have these problems, they call me and I, you know, spend hours of my life talking them through this. And I think, no, 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 this, that's not being polite. That's called enabling. Yeah, now you're enabling. Yeah, and you're, you're really not helping that person. So uh, boundaries are so important that's when it so comes true. to being polite. I never thought – and manners. I mean – Right. You, getting state, someone to that's help. Right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Getting so, help, knowing when you're out of your league. Right. When someone comes to you and says, I need you to babysit again. Mm-hmm. I need you to babysit again. This is the fourth time this week. I need you to babysit again. That's not, it's, I don't think it's yeah. helpful to say, OK, I'll oh, do I'll it be again. Nice. Right. Yeah. I'll be nice. And then feel guilty maybe if you stand up for yourself. That's right. Uh, if you have boundaries, don't feel bad about those, about those boundaries. How do you teach a kid? What should they say if a parent or a neighbor or somebody keeps crossing the boundary? Yeah, I think most teenagers need an adult they can go to. Like we, we talked about before, uh, teenagers don't have a lot of experience. Their brains aren't fully developed. They need someone they can go to and say, is this wrong is or this right? right? I'm yeah. confused uh, because I'm told to be polite. But I think – I don't think this is helpful. Me right. being polite in this situation is, yeah. quote, polite, is being helpful. So I think we teach our kids to be polite, but we also we also teach them about boundaries, mm. uh, and that we're not uh, we're not here to just enable other people to use us. Yeah, you know, if someone's describing you like they describe a mule, yeah, uh, you're dependable. You yeah. always come through. I'm going. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a healthy. He's, he's inexpensive to feed, right? <laughs> I, I, I mean, can, that's yeah. I can come bad. to you whenever I need you. I mean, we do this at work, right? Someone throws some notes on your desk. Hey, can I get these in? Can I get this back in 15 minutes? And they were yeah. supposed to have it in two weeks ago. Yeah. I don't think it's polite to yeah. say, yes, I can do this for you. Uh, yeah, this we, is – We need yeah. to be able to say – we'll politely say, here's a boundary. Yeah. This Let me help you. But I got stuff going on yeah, right you got to know that there's a boundary here that you're crossing. That's cool. Uh, and that's healthy. That's I, th- I think. You know, it's like you know what you're doing, Hank. I try. I try. Don't, like don't ask my before. wife. <laughs> I know. Well, she calls every day and yeah. like, okay, I've got another thing. And she calls in the show. I got this husband who – She's the only one calling yeah. uh, from your area, so I know it's her. <laughs> and she always brings up your marathoning, your right. ice creaming. You're awesome, Hank. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me, Appreciate Matt. you. And again, what's the website they can go find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook right now. The website will be up soon. But Facebook right now, just look up Hank Smith CDs and come on over and say hi. I'd love That's to hear from you. all you need to know. Hank Smith CDs. Thanks, Hank. We're going to take a break, folks. When we come back, we're going to wrap this show up. 
Girls being catty. Uh, taught to us by Maddie. Yeah, it's a rhyme. And who better to teach us how to deal with the caddy woman than our own Maddie Richard. Up next on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Blondie. She's going to get you one way or another. Hey, by the way, another person that's going to get you one way or another, Maddie Richards. In the house, Maddie Richard. Hello. How are you, Maddie? I'm good. How are you? Hey, excellent. Um, You know, we've been talking today about uh, being a better person. Yeah. And now we want some advice on on being nicer all around. We don't don't want to be catty. Mm -hmm. And so... We needed help with that. Yeah, yeah. Cattiness. And we thought, who can help us not be catty? Better than Maddie. Yeah. Because I'm the least I, yeah. I'm the least catty person on the team. Absolutely. So I think it was a good choice. Thanks for letting me do this one. Sure. So I know a lot of the times we think about teenage girls as the epitome of cattiness. Yes. Wow. By the way, there's a movie called Mean, mean Girls. Mean Girls. Exactly. Not a movie called Mean Boys. There's not. You're right. There's this uh, movie called Mean Girls, and it's basically the epitome of cattiness. But one thing that I really want to emphasize, cattiness doesn't start when you're 13 and end when you're 19. It is a lifelong thing. Now, hold on. You're speaking from – you're speaking from – Observing. Uh, observation. Okay. I'm speaking from personal experience I thought you – because you were stating it like – because no. now that you're out. Now of, that I'm out of the teenage years, yeah, it doesn't go away. No, doesn't and go I away. can't speak for someone being 30, but I've seen the 30-year-old women in my home neighborhood so can catty. be a little catty. Okay, now explain catty, just the word. So the word catty basically is just another word for rude. Rude. Mean. Rude. Mean. Yeah. So when you're catty, you're you're being rude and you're being mean. Because a lot of times I think of Cadillac. Like that's classy. no, that's no, that's it's that's different. it's not a golf caddy either. No, yeah. So we don't want to be mean, and and you're saying uh, it doesn't go away. You have to like change. Yeah, you have to change, and everyone needs to be yes. um a, be thinking about this, have this on their mind, be able to understand that it's something they can do no matter how old they are, whether cool. they're a man or a woman. Yeah. You might think men aren't catty, and generally. They tend to be less catty. I think men are more crotchety. Yes, they're more cranky and cranky. angry, and they're yeah. not catty. Is more of like a backbiting, yeah. backstabbing I think kind of thing. Sounds like meow. But there are like guys. That. I know many guys who can be just as catty, if not more. Yeah. Than the girls. Why did you look at James when you said that? Because we're thinking of the same person. Oh really? Is he in this room? I can't. I can't. Speak. No comment. No Thank comment. Okay. So, but. We do see that women tend – girls tend yeah. to be a little bit more catty. And I actually have some scientific research On about catty. why that might be. Because you actually, Maddie, people don't know this, but you have your catty PhD. I do. I am a professor of cattiness. Some would say you're a highly trained professional PhD. You're like a golf caddy. Well, no. It's a different kind of caddy. Okay. Matt. Come okay. on. So, so you be here, give us the research. Okay, What's so the research the on research cattiness? Has um, observed that women are usually 
Um, so biologically and evolutionary looking at this, women couldn't be as aggressive physically mm. because, you know, it would get you killed. It would get you killed. A B women tend to be more protective of their bodies mm. because instinctually we know we have to bear children. You're the child. Or you're, you're the child bear or you're the child protector. Right. So they tend to be a little bit less aggressive physically. Yes. So biologically <sighs> women would turn to being catty or aggressive oh, emotionally and explains like it. mentally and you know saying yeah. things that were a little bit more We call it going aggressive. stealth or ninja. Yes. So men <laughs> men just go all out. We men, use our they punch each other, yeah. they do it. But we that our really muscles, might our be a biological and evolutionary effect because yes. women for so long have, you know, I have to protect myself, I have mm-hmm. to protect my body, I have to protect my children. Yes. So instead, I will use aggression in a more literal word form. Yes. Isn't that crazy? It's actually quite scary. Yeah. It, it's kind of odd to think we might be a little bit it evolutionary. It explains a lot, but James just decided he doesn't want to date anyone anymore. <laughs> be, even though your girlfriend... Not catty. Not catty at all. No. no. There's not even there's not even a ka, a no. ka in that D. Yeah, not at yeah. all. Yeah. And it's interesting too, women um tend to display more psychological and physical effects from hearing a rumor being spread about yeah. them. So their heart rate gets higher. Oh, yeah. They get um a little bit more of a physical effect or an, a, a, an emotional like a effect reaction. than a man does. Yeah, see, I my I'll like my wife will tell me what's going on in the neighborhood with her peeps. Uh-huh. And it might says, you know, some might say it's getting a little catty and I just sit there unaffected. Eh. Eh. Yeah, Let it says that men pick up on the signals, but a lot of the time it doesn't. They don't have any reaction mm. to it. But the women have a lot yeah. higher reaction I mean, like psychologically be, and physically. Yeah, it's, she just said something. I mean, she didn't punch you. Yeah, but to the women, that that's is a punch. a punch. Verbal punch. That is a verbal punch. See, that's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. So we're looking at, you know, this is a thing that might be – I don't think anyone can say they've never been catty, and now we're understanding that it might be something that is in our nature yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it needs to, we need to get that out. So now the question is, how do we get it out? How do we Electroshock combat therapy. the caddy? Shocker, just shocker. Well, yeah, Sean's got. Oh, Sean says shocker Sean. three times. Shocker three times, or that uh, means we've got three more minutes. No, shocker. Okay, oh, gotcha. so we can't shocker. Okay, so. There's three. Tell her to stop. There's three things that I think you Bring can do. Bring your mother in. No. Okay. There's three things that I've identified that you can do to maybe start to combat the cattiness. Okay. So one is stand up. Stand up to it. Literally. Say, I think you're being a little rude or call that's, someone else out. That's You're being a little catty. Yeah. Like that. But this might result, just be careful, it might mm-hmm. result in you losing friends. Uh, or an eye. I would suggest. I don't know if you'll lose an eye. But you could lose friends because you stand up to the because catty ones. Because you stand one, up you to the catty ones, you s- yeah, you might get cut out from the group mm-hmm. because you're not going to go along with but the we gossiping. Got, you know, but that might be okay. That might be better because if they're gossiping, it probably means they're gossiping that's about big. you Take behind your back as well. Okay, that's good. Okay, so number two, be silent. Don't say anything as part of the cattiness. <sighs> just just, just don't say anything. Don't, you know, participate. Yeah. Don't add to the conversation. Well, just, just recognize it's catty and, and you're you not don't need going to say anything. To, yeah. and you're, that's, that's beneath you. Yeah, I like exactly. to do that and then I like to like brush it off. I like to like just move my hand in a brushing way. Oh, that's great. It's kind of a regal thing. Okay, okay. And then the last one is to walk away. So maybe you're not going to call him out, but you want to do more than yeah. 
you know, you don't need to be physically there. You're not, you know, yeah, you're yeah. not going to be mentally there because you don't want to engage in the cattiness. Mm-hmm. But you don't even need to physically be just there. Just remove yourself. Just remove yourself. Just say, I got to go. Sorry. Excuse me. That's and – and then you don't have to go back. Exactly. You the thing about cattiness is you know who's catty. Yeah, you know where the drama. My kids mm-hmm. call it drama. So you, you know, know where the drama is, is coming. Of course. Yeah. So this is just so you for your information. This is where and how people can be catty. Okay. Nowadays, and so, if, if people are out there looking for a place to go be catty, yes, exactly. This is where, exactly. This is where to go. Okay, go ahead. So, I mean, I guess these are the ways to be catty. You, only you talk got about twenty people, seconds. You talk about people behind their back. Gossipy, yeah. Yeah, as soon as they leave the room or mm-hmm. you heard a rumor and you're spreading it. Yeah. Um, you're talking about them to their face. You can be catty to someone's face. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can say demeaning, mm-hmm. rude, snarky mm-hmm. things. Like you're wearing that? Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, you look really great. Today. I mean, if that's I mean, if that's your best stuff, I guess wear it, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah okay, perfect. Just wear it. Um, another one that's really popular now is social media. Is to oh people are all get, catty oh up. I the other day had someone comment like why did you write this and I'm like that is so rude you don't yeah. I mean if you have if that's actually a question you have you could ask me personally people not in front of everyone people that's, if they're just so rude Give and then the last one is ignoring people yeah it's another way of being catty like, it's the like subtle we way. call it shunning yeah shunning we a lot of religions <laughs> I like <laughs> I, I just put my hand up and shun you shun like that the, yeah that's it. Well done. Yeah, just stop being catty. Just stop it. That's a great master's degree you've got right there. I know. You need it's to write a PhD. A, write actually. a thesis on that. I did write a thesis to get my PhD dissertation. A lot of people pretend to have PhDs on the show, but there's only one I'm that actually, actually has one. Doctor Maddie now. Good Dr. job, Matt and Dr. good job, Maddie. Maddie Richard. Here's a quote for you from Mark Twain. For heaven's sakes, anger is an acid that can do no that can do more harm to the vessel to which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Anger can do more to you than on anything you're going to pour your anger on. Mm. Mark Twain, he knows. He knows! Okay, folks, tomorrow it's time to organize your mind. Dr. Daniel Levitin is going to come talk to us about some tips to help us manage our minds. That's tomorrow's show. Thanks for joining us. Remember, keep finding the good in the world. We'll keep talking about it right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.